The other day I was having a conversation with somebody and he had asked me as we were on the topic of the kids and their uh, chromosomal disorder and the fact that it's unique to them and that there's a medical research study on both them and myself because I am the carrier. And he asked, he was curious to know if we'd ever sent in the 23andMe and sort of explored that route of genetics and finding out an ancestry and finding out if the uh, chromosome disorder sort of how far back it went and if we knew anybody else or found other family members. And I said, oh my God, no, I have no desire to do that. I I don't need any more surprises. I certainly don't want to find out if I'm related to any more weirdos than I already know I have been related to or that I am related to now. I'm Nikki Lynn Chase and this is my podcast, Adult Chicken, and it's about navigating life's unexpected and navigating life with unexpected weirdos that I'm related to as a single mom to two special needs kids. Fortunately, my mom and dad came from very small families because their bloodline was so strange. It's a very good thing that my dad never had any siblings. It was just him. And if you heard the episode, Granny Nanny, it was his mom who raised him. His dad died when he was young. And fortunately, there weren't that we know of any other um, children <laughs> in that family. Thank God. And then my mom, um, unfortunately, there, wa there was a real brother. Um, and she was related to somebody that we called Uncle Alan, and that was her her brother who was two years older. Their claim to fame was they were full-blown Norwegians, and their grandfather was an Olympic ski jumper. And so they were um, a very interesting group, a small group, thank God again, that there weren't too many of them. And I know there were a couple second and third cousins in there, but for the most part, we just had one Uncle Alan. And then my parents embraced even though they had nothing to do with Hawaii and didn't even travel to Hawaii very often. They embraced the culture of Hawaii where they called everybody we kind of liked or we were close to uh, aunt and uncle. And that was that was the best case scenario for us. Fortunately, we got to handpick most of our relatives. But Uncle Alan, the one that we were legitimately related to, was as crazy of an uncle as anybody could ever imagine one having and he he started out uh in the military and then he went on to uh grew up in illinois uh moved out to um los angeles and lived in malibu and he became sort of known as this sort of hollywood cowboy if you will and if you didn't know what a slime ball he was <laughs> And oddly enough, I was very young and I had that intuition that uh, there was something real slimy and odd about this man. But he, he fooled a lot of people and he became um, a very successful stockbroker. He became a complete and total criminal as well. But he was this Hollywood cowboy and he married Miss Sweden, Britt Inger, who went on to become Christina Wayborn. And she was actually a 007. She was in the movie Octopussy. And just this drop-dead gorgeous woman. And I know my dad loved telling the story to all of his his friends um, that she he'd come home and she, she would babysit us and he'd get to come home and find her sunbathing in our yard with very, very little clothing on. And that was, that was quite a treat, I'm sure, for my dad. 
especially being married to my mother. God, that's mean. But anyway, that was Uncle Alan. And we thought he was kind of really cool. Again, I had a little, there was a hint that he was off. He was definitely weird. But he was the uncle that had his own airplanes. He had a couple of of jets. I'm sure it was all stolen or illegally invested money. But we'd fly on his airplanes. I was actually terrified to fly with him. He didn't seem like a safe person to fly with. But I felt kind of cool going in a private airplane. And he also knew a lot of Hollywood elites. Uh, again, you have to be pretty old to know the movie, the Herbie movies, the Disney movies that had um, uh, the the race car that was a little bug in it. And he was very good friends with Dean Jones. I think he ended up ripping him off and stealing a bunch of his money. But I don't think their friendship began that way. And so I'd get autographed letters and pictures from Dean Jones on you know a, a yearly basis we there was this movie uh, or the show uh, my brother and I were obsessed with called Emergency 911 and I guess it was the late 70s maybe early 80s and we went to California to see Uncle Alan and I mean the man orchestrated a whole entire lunch for both my brother and I's birthday where we got to have lunch with the whole entire cast of Emergency 911 so he was kind of that uncle you felt cool like to say yeah that's that's my uncle Alan but he was definitely off as fuck and he was weird and there was something about him I always knew and there was just this hint of something's really not okay with him he ended up divorcing um the uh Miss Sweden uh Christina Wayborn they got divorced and um we started traveling a lot with Uncle Alan to the Cayman Islands. And this is back in the day where you would tell somebody you're going to the Cayman Islands and they'd say, Grand Canyon? No, the Cayman Islands. It, it was not a well-known place. Um, I had no idea. Of course, I was really young. I didn't realize the only people that more or less knew of it aside from those that were from there, were the people that were needing to put money in offshore accounts. And my brother and I were very into tennis. We were big tennis players. And I mean, what's what's more innocent and, and deceptive or deceiving than large tennis bags? Because when you're really into tennis... Now, I wasn't that good. I didn't need a whole bunch of backup tennis rackets, but that kind of was the signature thing to do when you were a tennis player. You carry really big tennis bags, and you had a lot of rackets. And I loved that. I, I liked playing the part of being an awesome tennis player. I liked being important enough to carry a bunch of rackets. But I wasn't packing my bags so essentially, we were taking all these trips to Grand Cayman, and I thought we were just going for the for the tennis and for the beaches, which they have beautiful beaches, of course. But I don't think tennis rackets were what were filling up the bags. Again, I didn't need extra rackets. I wasn't that good where I was breaking strings left and right. I didn't need a bag that fit five rackets. And I am quite certain, but I can't say 100%, I'm quite certain though that we were muling 
Uncle Alan's money to the offshore accounts in the in the Cayman Islands. And that's how we came to um, visit there regularly. And I enjoyed that. I thought that was wonderful. I had no idea what we were doing. And we had amazing meals with, I'm sure, some of um, the wealthiest people, honestly, at that time in the world. <laughs> because, my God, that's I mean, the people he knew were, were pretty impressive people. I, I don't know who they were, but I know at the time that they were big people. And I, I knew I was, I was told to uh, mind my manners. And I was with I was amongst important people, and I'm I'm sure maybe some of the most important criminals. I Again, I couldn't retell who they were, but um, it got pretty colorful. And my mom and Uncle Alan's relationship was complete with all of the, the makings of a Hollywood movie. I mean, it was insane. He was a, he was a criminal. I think my mom was also a criminal in her own, <laughs> in her own way they weren't they weren't good people uh and they the the family dynamic was was very interesting uncle alan also was this exotic animal hunter and he would gift us his exotic animal skins and or he would gift them to my my parents before my parents were divorced and um he used our house sort of as this uh museum if you will for all of his exotic animal killings and it's kind of traumatic now that I think about it I can't believe we lived in this house full of taxidermy heads and and exotic animals and and things and what he would gift my brother and I often was a picture of himself with the the dead animal that he hunted and then some coins from whatever whatever um country he had gone on this hunt and I have to tell you I remember thinking I don't want, first of all, what am I going to do with a couple of coins from some country I will never visit probably in my entire life and that mean nothing here? I don't want a picture of you with some beautiful, poor, sad, dead animal. And it was just very odd, but that that ended up being what we grew up in was a living room full of animal skins. And it was odd and it was weird, but at the time it was our normal. And there... And my mom and uncle's relationship was a dynamic full of everything a Hollywood movie would be made made of. There was the the criminal activity, the the lies, the scandal, uh, the Hollywood uh, actresses. And it was a very strange dynamic. And, and by the time I was in maybe the, the latter part of junior high, I started... Um, realizing there was quite the um, the family feud going on between my mother and and her brother and it had everything to do with money and it had everything to do with some sort of I understood none of it but it had something to do with a bunch of illegal um, illegal uh, stock brokerage uh, stuff <laughs> and I just was kind of holding on to but but can we please stay friends with Uncle Alan because He'd gotten extremely religious at the time, and he was going to the same church where Blair from Facts of Life, <laughs> which you have to be kind of old to know what that is too, but it was this sitcom, and I was obsessed with that sitcom. And he had been going to the church where she would perform and she would sing. And when we would visit him, he would take me to that 
church and I'd get to like hang out with Blair because he knew her. I mean, he knew all these cool people in Hollywood. And we were still kind of doing things, but things were getting very heated and contentious between him and my mom. And it was weird because I didn't understand the dynamics of all the financial crap that was going on between them. And I didn't know there was probably all kinds of criminal shit going on. I just thought that well, this is exciting and this seems to be normal. I mean, they're just both a couple of weirdos and they're fighting and Again, in hindsight, they were both complete and total alcoholics. So you had a bunch of um, drunk family dynamics to it's a freaking circus. And that's exactly what it was. So there there comes a time where I start figuring out that, okay, something has definitely gone wrong. And this little, and my mom's just talking mad, mad shit about him and just not, has nothing nice to say. And... Then I remember hearing something about a lawsuit and he's going to sue this restaurant in New York for, I, I don't know, but it sounded like millions of dollars for this head injury. And I do remember thinking, is he just a drunk maybe? Or is this really a head injury? And I was young, so it was kind of um, kind of astounding and that I was so astute that I, I was in my mind thinking, head injury or just a weird drunk man trying to get some money (laughs) my mom whatever had happened and I didn't understand um the the politics of family I didn't understand the politics of money uh at all and what had happened I didn't know what the whole exchange was between them but I knew something had happened and my mom ended up testifying against him for this whole ordeal with the piece of roof falling on his head and then things went really really south between the two of them and we had a bunch of his furniture I think we were kind of being used I think our home my childhood home was being used a little bit like a maybe a storage unit for his museum of of trophy animals and hunts and to us it was normal I didn't know different it was what we grew up with a room full of uh, animal heads and animal rugs. <laughs> it was freaking terrifying. God, weirdo. So anyway, I come home and I knew things had gotten heated. I knew my mom had testified against him. I knew that we were no longer talking to him. I knew I certainly was not going to. I was not getting letters from Hollywood actors anymore. I was not being invited to um, mass churches and listening to my favorite sitcom star sing. Anyway, I I come home one day, and at this time, my mom is back to teaching school, so my mom is is gone, and I come home for lunch. And I walk in the door, and I'm like, huh, the house looks so strange. Like, the house looks so weird. I'm just looking around, trying so hard to pinpoint, what the hell is different about the house? And I'm like, holy shit. All of our furniture is gone. Everything's gone. Like we have nothing in our house. Our whole house is emptied out. Like there is not a single piece of furniture. Every animal hide. And when I say hides, we literally had at least probably 12 different ginormous between we had a polar bear. All these 
I'm embarrassed to say our house was full. It was like a museum of wildlife, of hides and taxidermy. And I'm like, it's all gone. And so I rushed to where my mom was teaching school. And I said, mom, our house has been robbed. Like there is nothing in our house. And so she rushed home. And sure enough, Uncle Alan, I believe, took what was probably rightfully his. Again, I don't know what their whole family dynamic was. I did know at this point they hated each other. But he had completely stolen everything out of house and in and my mom ended up going through various lawsuits or whatever was going on there with her trying to get whatever she thought he owed her uh money money wise it's it's interesting because they both ended up with absolutely nothing and dying completely um drunk and alone and with that said as much as she would ever hate to know or admit that they were so similar and alike they really were cut from the same cloth and the exact same people which happens often of course in families (laughs) I feel like it's up to me to certainly break that cycle and and one way to do so was absolutely not name either of my children after anybody in in their family or or my dad's for that matter so today's special edition is how I got the names for my children and whom I wish I had been related to so I could have named them after someone I was related to. So the firstborn being Bootsy. She's not named after Bootsy Collins, even though I am one big fan of Bootsy Collins. In particular, my favorite song is One Nation Under a Groove. But she got the name Bootsy because her first pair of little booties that she wore were little cowboy boots. And when she was a baby, she had these little teeny tiny legs. And I always had her in these little cowboy boots. And of course, we were from Colorado. She was born in Colorado. And then once she was old enough to wear shoes, she always wanted to wear cowboy boots, whether it was hot or cold, whether she was in shorts or a dress or pants. She was just always in her cowboy boots and it just stuck and she looks like a bootsy her real name is Skylar but I forget to even look up I don't look up if somebody says Skylar if um, we're at the doctor's office and they call her by her her real name neither one of us even look we don't it doesn't register that that's her name so bootsy has stuck and I happen to be thrilled that it is a name of an artist I've always, always enjoyed. Now, Sandler, of course, is named after Adam Sandler. And Adam Sandler is definitely somebody I wish was my uncle. I wish he was my brother. I wish I was related to Adam Sandler. I didn't ever think about how risky it was to name my child after an actor. I didn't think about the fact that, God, what if he makes some horrible movie? And I'm sure not everybody thinks Adam Sandler movies are the greatest ever. I happen to. There are some I like better than others and some I absolutely love and some I don't like so much, but very few. But I didn't think about, and of course, this when, when Sandler was born in um, 2007, that was before social media had really taken off. And it was long before the Me Too movement when so many things came out about actors. And fortunately, Adam Sandler has seemingly just been an outstanding and upstanding person and human. And I couldn't be more proud that I named Sandler after that. And of course, the choices that I had to name him after that were my kin and in my family were absolute no-goes. So Sandler it is, and I love that he is named after somebody so outstanding. 
Please tune in next week for an episode all about scandal and adultery and all kinds of exciting stuff. <laughs> Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. You can find me at adultchicken.com. Make sure to get the .com in there. You can find me on YouTube, Adult Chicken. You can also find me on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify Podcasts, Adult Chicken. And Instagram, adult underscore chicken, as well as TikTok, adult underscore chicken.